It's good to see everybody here as we have gathered together as one body to uh, celebrate Transfiguration Sunday. As we come to, come to close of one season and we're on the edge looking at the next season of Lent. And the church does an incredible thing as it kind of gets us ready for these different seasons. We have this, this Transfiguration Sunday which allows us to kind of consider the divinity of Christ, the strength, the power, and the peace, and the mystery of Christ, the Son of God, as we get ready for a season of Lent, penitence, preparation for Easter. So I think it's really wise on the part of the church to kind of give us this, this moment to just pause on the edge of Lent to feel some encouragement, to feel that we have been surrounded by God's divinity, God's glory. And sometimes we break out and dance. That's wonderful. Because this should be a joyful time. Because we know, we know because we've been there, that the valleys in life can be deep. And they can be dark. And they can be filled with despair, helplessness. And they can be filled with just doing but just sheer hopelessness. But God knows that. And God sends His Son, His beloved, to be with us. To give us experiences on a mountaintop so we can look down and remember the lows. So we can see from a bird's eye view what's below us. But without that view, without that experience of the valley, we really and truly can't understand or really appreciate the beauty and the power of the mountaintop. I want to invite us now, just for a moment, just to hear a reading of the scripture. This is from Matthew chapter 17, beginning in verse 1. This is the transfiguration. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly, there appeared to him Moses and Elijah talking with him. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three dwellings here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed him, and from the cloud a voice said, This is my son, the beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground and were overcome by fear. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up, and do not be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them, Tell no one about the vision until after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. And may God bless the reading of the word. This is um, a puzzling 
passage filled with divine glory and divine mystery. And I think it's helpful for us to understand that this is not going to make sense to anyone until after the resurrection, until after Easter. And so maybe that's why Jesus tells these three men to tell no one about what you have seen, about this vision, this transfiguration, until after the Son of Man has been After Easter, after the resurrection. Because it's just not going to make sense. And maybe that's the, the thing with mountaintop experiences. I, I want us to think at your table where you're sitting, just think for a moment about a mountaintop experience you have had. Think about a time that just gave you a view you never would have expected, never could have seen, an experience that made you feel in such a way that you were on top of the world. Think about those moments. And then think about what they mean now. That you've come down from that experience. That you've re-entered the valley below, and maybe you've had a few more mountaintop experiences along the way. But one thing is for certain, a mountaintop experience is just that. It's a mountaintop experience. And we can't stay there. Jesus reminds us that in this passage. It's, it's always been kind of puzzling to me when this happens and Peter just kind of blurts out this knee-jerk reaction. Let me build some dwellings for you and for Moses and Elijah because he wants this to last. Maybe this is what he, his desire is just, this, this is awesome, and I want this to last for days and days and weeks, maybe my entire life. If I can get this mountaintop experience right here, right now, forever, this will be great. And then as he's speaking, we're told that he is interrupted by this crowd of light which is a, 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 an image of divine glory and mystery that has surrounded Peter and James and John. And this voice cuts Peter off and says, This is my son, the love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. Then they have to go back down now. Now that they're on their way down, that's when Jesus says, don't, don't tell anyone about this until later, until the Son of Man has been raised. Now they probably didn't get any of that. They may or may, or may not have kept the secret. I, I, we don't know. Eventually word got out that we have the story. And all three of us not the gospel. Just think about it. These three men received this encouragement, this power, and this peace and joy, even in their fear on this mountaintop. Because they were going down into the valley, they were following Jesus, who's leading them off the mountaintop, back into the valley, back into darkness, back into despair, back into conflict, 
back into the world, the real world where we live every day, where there's pain, there's upset. Now they have this experience. And they're allowed and they're, they're empowered to make this journey down the mountain. And not just down the mountain, but all the way to Jerusalem. Where they will follow Jesus until he's arrested. And they'll gather again in his resurrection. And then it'll all begin to make sense. That's what this transfigure, that's what that mountain was about. That's that mountaintop experience.
name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.